the kingdom of your dear Son. Lord, thank you for your blood which runs through us all through your Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you this night. We thank you for the privilege to be able to hear what you are doing on the earth today. Thank you, Lord, for Joel and Lacey's lives, for Anchor and Everest and and the little one. (laughs) Thank you for this household and this family. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 So you, you hear me like talk all the time so pay very close attention because this is like real life stuff happening not like the bible stuff isn't real life stuff but this is like real life stuff happening right so um you know we 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 just have the joy of living life together and walking with the lord together and hanging out in this front room and studying the bible together but um we're attached to a greater body of Christ, and you all know Joel and Lacey, and, and I'm just going to let them share what they do, and and then Ricardo and Kendra are here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Ricardo is the, uh, he's the lead pastor, he's, he's the pastor of Lansdowne Community Church, and, and then he, we got connected through the Pauls and Ed Cole, and anyhow, it's just been Thank you, Lord. lovely. Yeah. And, and so, um, anyhow, we're all here tonight. Joel? Yeehaw. Brother? It's yours. <laughs> what, what approximate time should <laughs> when, when, when people start passing out or whatever, right, you know, you right. just, <laughs> like I said, I mean, I, when, I, when I go short, it's like 50 minutes. We have an hour uh-huh. in the online group. The, on, the online, online meeting online lasts an hour. An hour. And, okay. But you're welcome to go as long as you want. <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. Um, hey. So great to be with you all. Always is. Uh, it feels like feels like family in so many ways. And, um, I feel it feels like a family that I've married into. Um, <clears throat> sort of did, but <laughs> exactly, yeah, pretty much did, right? Um, let's see here. What while I'm sharing, like if you guys have questions or or something like that. You know, we can we can just interact and dialogue and stuff like that. I I enjoy that. Um, so uh, yeah, um, Father God, would you just lead this time and everything, anything that's that's uh, you that you've put in me or or that you would have shared or anything like that released tonight? Just do what you want to do, God. We're here for you. We're hungry for you, and. Um, we give you this time, Lord Jesus. We put our attention on your presence and on who you are, God, your nature and your character. And uh, we honor you. We love you. Jesus. Amen. So, let's see here. I got a, let's, I've got a little FAQ 
written out here because when we're in the States, we get a lot of the same questions. So I'm just going to blast through those right, right here at the beginning because we'll be hanging out later. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's a practical thing, anyways. So we're in America since July 19th until October 8th. So that's how long we're, we're here. We, we've been in, we're in Wyoming for a month, Seattle for a week, California for two weeks. And just got here X number of days ago. One week. One week ago. Yep. Um, and we leave here October 8th, God willing. Pray for us. We're waiting on our visas and other documents to be processed. So pray for us that those are done on time. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, we're. I wanted to share a little bit about, because every, everybody asks about it, and maybe it's interesting to hear about, I don't, I don't know, but um, the we're in the middle of the pandemic, and so we spent all of the pandemic time up until July in Thailand. And so it was a very different experience there than one would have in the United States. So, um, you know, we did not cross a border for a year and a half, wow. which is the longest I've gone without crossing a border for since I was 14. It's the longest I've been in a country since I was 14. I just, the concept is really Yeah, yeah, really. So for me, that was like, it was really weird. You know? um, I never thought I would feel stir-crazy in Thailand, but I did. Uh, so... Um, you know, our, our, our ministry, as you guys know, like we, we travel a lot. Usually every two to six weeks we're going to some other country. Um, for years it's been that way. And uh, then everything came to a grinding halt and shifted, which I'll share more about what that's been like. But, you know, Thailand, the experience of, of COVID-19 pandemic there was, um, was really interesting. To, to wrap your head around it, you need to understand that Thai culture is a collectivist, hierarchical culture. So when they get up in the morning, they don't ask, what am I going to do today? They ask, what are we going to do today? They make decisions as a group. Everything they do has others in mind. And you can even see this down to like two and three-year-olds. Everything they do, they're taking care of the kids around them. If they have a snack, it's for everyone. If they have a toy, it's for everyone. You know, this is just ingrained in who they are. And so the, the, whole, um, the whole pandemic and stuff like that, they had these really intense mandates and restrictions and stuff like that, which nobody thought twice about. Mm -hmm. There's been mask mandates there since early 2020. Um, and it, you get fined $600 if you're caught outside your house without a mask on. And uh, nobody, nobody minds, nobody complains about that. They've been wearing masks when they're sick for years. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's usually if somebody gets a flu or a cold or something, they'll wear a mask when they go out because they don't want other people to get sick. So this is like a very normal thing for them. Um, they shut down. We live on an island. They, they closed the island down. No one was allowed in or out. They were turning boats away that were approaching. Uh, and then for quite a while, we weren't allowed to leave our sub-district, which is as if you lived in, say, Kempsville, and you would be arrested if you left Kempsville. Mm. So you better hope there's a good supermarket or something like that in your sub-district because you're limited to whatever there is there. Um, and they actually did arrest thousands of people for various infractions. So it was a wild, <clears throat> wild experience, and they're constantly 
changing the restrictions on a moment's notice. A lot of times at 10 o'clock at night, they don't announce new laws that are effective starting midnight. Um, and sometimes that would close provinces off and stuff like that. So one time we were outside of our province and stuff started looking bad. So we're like, God, we just quickly drove back just in case they closed it. Um, some of our teammates, Thai teammates, have been locked out of our province now since early August. Because mm -hmm. um, they went up there for two weeks to be with family <laughs> and, and deal with some, some things up there. And then everything closed, so they're stuck indefinitely. Wow. Outside the province. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, it's just a crazy time. <laughs> crazy time over there. Um, if you're if you're infected, if you catch COVID, they take you away, and there's no no like quarantine at home type of stuff. You have to go to a, a quarantine center, um, and uh, you they are running out of hospital rooms and hotel rooms and mm -hmm. that kind of thing to use for that. So they've even started using abandoned train cars. Um, Sleep, people sleeping on the floors in Buddhist temples. Um, it's really, really something. Mm. Uh, and they visited every home in our province and were checking people to see if they had symptoms. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really, really something. So um, our whole perspective has been that, you know, as sort of a coping mechanism, I didn't allow myself to have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Until we got, you know, I'm like, there's this, there's this thing. If you're at the beach, if you're at the beach and a huge wave hits you, and you, it's big and strong enough that you might actually get injured. The best thing to do is just go limp and be a rag doll, and then you'll just get rolled around by the wave, and then you'll be fine. You don't get injured. So that's my that's my strategy with with this kind of situation is. I'm just gonna go limp and not have an opinion and just go with the flow and that's how I make it through this this situation. So um Yeah, anyways, that's that's it. There's more stuff. There's monkey clan wars in the streets because there's nobody's giving them offerings at the monkey temple and um there's <laughs> the, different, the different monkey gangs are fighting it out. Yeah. <laughs> Clans of hundreds brawling oh in the goodness. streets because they're starving, so there's just thousands of monkeys fighting in the streets. That could be scary. Um, or uh, now there's a, there's a bunch of crocodiles in the water around where we live because one of the crocodile farms went out of business, and so they released them all into the wild. We assume. That's the rumor. You know. Don't suppose so, there's a way to introduce We just the know that that place is closed and now, closed yeah. and now there's a bunch of crocodiles around. So. Can't, can't introduce the monkeys to the crocodiles and maybe... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Work something, something out. out. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> I feel a Disney movie coming. <laughs> <laughs> then the monkeys start riding the crocodiles. Uh -huh. you got a real problem. you got a real problem. <laughs> um, no, but it's just... Uh, yeah, there's more stuff we can say about that, but it's just a... Crazy time. That's my whole point. Just sharing you with you a little bit of our our experience, you know. Um, anyways, uh, so right now, like Thailand's been closed to the outside world since uh, since early 2020. Um, except for earlier this year, they allowed people to start coming in if they quarantine for two weeks. Mm -hmm. 
in a hotel, which they had to do. Carrie and Linda came out, spent three months with us, and they had to do that. Go sit in a hotel room for two weeks and, you know, they drop the food outside your door and knock and run away. That's right. right. That's yeah. exactly what they did. So no human contact That's for two weeks wow. whatsoever. Um, but now in our province, they're trying to get the tourism industry revived a little bit. Uh, and so you can go there and stay in a hotel and go out and about in the daytime. So that's how we're going back. We're doing that to get back. Um, you got to do that for two weeks. So um, doesn't matter if you're um, vaccinated or not. No, no, you have to be vaccinated to do that. Okay. Yeah. If you're unvaccinated, your only option is to quarantine in a hotel. In Bangkok. In Bangkok, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a whole, good times. Good times, yeah. Um, we're looking forward to when all the countries are opened again. Yeah, I don't know when that'll happen, but we're looking forward to it. Um, we have had stuff, so, so the way that it worked there is, when the pandemic first started breaking out, they locked everything down very, very intensely, which is what I was describing earlier. And then they completely eradicated the country of COVID-19. There was none. And so for almost a year, Thailand was just this open, COVID-free place where the government was actually paying people to go out to restaurants and go on vacation and stay on hotels, stay in hotels and all these different things. Like they're trying to get people to go out and have fun and crowd the different places and, and all that kind of thing. It was just totally open. Not internationally. Not internationally. So it's all domestic. So there's no foreign tourists, nothing like that uh, for a year and a half. Um, but now there's this big surge in cases happening. So they're actually experiencing their first wave right now. Mm. Um, so everything's locked down again. No one can go between provinces and, and all that kind of thing. So that's what we're going back into. Hopefully the things will be more open by then, but we'll see. Um, so in that open period, we actually were able to do quite a bit domestically. You know, semi-normal stuff. So we were going and doing ministry in all these different provinces and, and locally and, and that kind of thing. And so that was, that was good. And I'll share a lot of testimonies um, from that time in a little bit. But uh, we have, just to give you a little update about us, we have two new, two new teammates, families, two new families who are, have joined our team there. Um, and uh, so one family has four kids, the other family has two kids. And they're both missions veteran families. One, one couple's been on the field for 20 years already. One couple's been on the field for 16 years. Wow. Um, what are the ages of the children? Uh, or age range, I guess. One, one family's six and eight. River and Karina are six and eight. And then the eights are six to 13. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, all the kids are between six and 13. Um, so that's been great. We have a new a new location for our worship house and ministry center and office and all that, um, which opening that was a real, you know, there were waves of shutdowns and restrictions and things like that. So we, it was a 
topsy-turvy year to try to do that. Um, we have a new visa that is being processed as we speak. Well, probably not because it's a Saturday, but um, that's where our passports are. Business days, right? <laughs> yeah, so that that is a religious worker visa, and this will this this means that our government-sanctioned purpose for being in the country is to preach the gospel, um, and uh, we can do anything anything related to that in the country legally with the government's blessing and invitation. Well, Not just permission, but their actual invitation. What was the visa before? A hodgepodge. <laughs> anything anything you can pull together, right? Anything yeah. that would let us... Mostly stay. education visas, but okay. there's been a few different things in there. Right. Tourist One tourist of which we thought was going to be a long-term thing, but... The, and, but now you're and out. we get into that. The whole visa situation is unbelievably complicated. <laughs> um, so this one is very difficult to get. It's been over. It's been around two years now that we've been trying to get it. Well, COVID really stopped that. But yeah. That's true. Without COVID, it would have been a year. Um, but that involved multiple interviews, all in Thai, in Bangkok. So I had to fly up there and do these interviews. And um, you have to have your language at this certain level and all kinds of, you know, recommendations from Thai pastors, a Thai sponsoring organization, recommendations and stuff from, from your home country. Uh, you know, all these different ministry things to make sure that you're legit. a legit person who loves Thailand, isn't going to be crazy, mm -hmm. and so speaks the language. So um, what does it do exactly? Because the other ones were educational and everything yeah. else, but what is this? So this means that we can be, once we have this in our passports, we can be there for decades. Oh. And like I said, our it's with the government-sanctioned role in Thai society of preaching the gospel um, and that kind of stuff. Is it like a permanent resident kind of thing? Ish. Okay. Yeah, they don't really have that in Thailand, but this is as close as we could get, I think. So Hannah, yeah. when, when Jesus sent out the 72 by 2, he told him to, to go into a city. Then he, then he said, find a man of peace. And then if they found a man of peace, that was their base of operations. Mm -hmm. So, in essence, what they have accomplished, what the Lord has worked, is that they have received their man of peace on a national level. So they're working within the authority structure, Romans 13, authority structure, invited missionaries it's an open door wow. and an effectual is it, did i get that right that's right it's an effectual yeah. open door of ministry they're not they're not there's no obfuscation at all they're not undercover they are they are proven servants of thailand for jesus christ yeah wow. and the and government registered it's huge like for me it's, for us this is a huge deal we can register thai organizations we can wow. fundraise for those organizations within thailand there's all these different it, things it, church church you're, you're a give. part of this i just want you to know you're a part of this yeah yeah. Okay. Anyhow, we can give visas to our teammates. Um, it's a really big deal once you, once you get this, um, and also to have the the recognition, acceptance, and favor with national Christian leaders as well um, is also a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So praise God. That's that's yeah, just that's good. Yeah. Woo! Woo! It's a big God. Yeah. We're Amen. Very, very happy about that. So another thing that's new for us is, you know, you guys are familiar with what we 
been doing for the last eight years. And, um, but something that's added to that, not instead of, but in addition to what we've been doing Can you is... Can sum up what we've been doing really quickly? Yeah, so the, the quickest way to explain it is we're equipping indigenous people and unreached people groups to uh, do the works of Jesus, supernatural evangelism in unreached people groups. Equipping indigenous peoples to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the simple explanation. But in addition to that, we've had more and more humanitarian work as well be added to it. So that is something that, oddly enough, during COVID exploded. Mm-hmm. And this is in specifically Southeast Asian conflict zones um, where there's armed conflict happening. And so people are starving or dying or different situations like that. So we're able to provide humanitarian support as well as the, the spiritual and supernatural. And that, Can you and, give an ex- Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just, so to tie this to the Bible lesson, guys, this is the I was naked and you clothed me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was in prison. You came, saw me. I was thirsty. You gave me a cup of water. That's right. Jesus work. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. Yeah, you're preaching. Ask. I'm not. I'll show. Not that much. Yeah. What's the spiritual side of things, which we know, but what does it look like for the human uh, humanitarian? So uh, last year we had a big project in southern Philippines. Southern Philippines, just so you know, is ISIS's East Asia province. Mm-hmm. It's the East Asia province of ISIS mm-hmm. in Mindanao and Sulu Islands, and so that's where we're involved. Um, and there was a group of maybe 300 families who are believers from the Muslim, the fundamentalist Muslim tribes, um, who meet in house churches, they're extremely persecuted, who were starving because of the, the COVID lockdowns destroyed the economy, the, um, government support from Manila was making it to the local people, but then the tribes weren't distributing it to the Christians because they're, they're shunned, they're ostracized. And so the Christians were actually facing starvation. These are people that we know personally. And um, so we were able to not only help feed them, but several thousand other people, including, uh, and this is controversial with some groups, I'm okay with that, including the families of some Islamic militants. Amen. Okay? Um, and uh, I think that's what Jesus wants to do. He said, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, you know, be kind to those who mistreat you. And he said, for in so doing, you'll, you'll show yourself to be a son of your father in heaven. This is because he himself is kind to evil and ungrateful men. And so this is really an expression of the gospel is to, love and serve people who are positioned against you or what you stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, so, but you, in doing that, you, you, gain, you gain friends, you gain, you know, people have come to Christ through this process. Um, there's a huge problem where, especially in places like this, if you go and only help the Christians, it makes things really bad for the Christians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll actually be persecuted for receiving yeah. humanitarian support. Yeah. So instead of doing that, we helped... Everybody, well, not everybody, because that would be millions of people, but, um, you know, the larger community, and then also resource the Christians to be able to serve and resource their own communities as well. So that was really cool. That was in in the Philippines last year. 
and right now we have a big project going on in Myanmar. I don't know how many of you have. It's kind of fallen off the news. Burma and in the last, yeah, Burma. So back in February, okay. there was a coup. Mm -hmm. So Myanmar has been in civil war for several decades, 50, 60 years, something like that. There's a military regime ruling the country that was actually committing genocide against mm -hmm. several different people groups. Mm. So they've been in civil war, and then maybe eight or nine years ago, they got their first democratic government, civilian government. And uh, so things, especially in the center of the country, were really improving. Tourism was coming in. Um, human rights were trending in a positive direction. Um, and uh, then 2000, late 2020, they had an election again, and the current president or prime minister was reelected. The military said this is a rigged election, and so they arrested her and her administration and put them in prison. And uh, there's mass demonstrations. They started slaughtering people, and the whole country just fell into chaos again for the first time in, since, since the, you know, like things were really opening up there and then it all just yeah. fell apart. Yeah. Um, thousands of people have been killed. Around 300,000 people have been internally displaced. So that's an internally displaced person is a refugee that hasn't crossed a border. So they're people who have had to leave their homes because of fighting. And so they just go live in the jungle. And so there's around 300,000 people now who have had to do that since February. And uh, just a week or two ago, they officially declared civil war. Mm, so this, wow. is, this is for the long haul. This is like the state of the country. This is not like a momentary thing mm. now. Like it's really... The other side is all these ethnic minorities and the militias so for example you've got the Karen people who are 80% Christian <coughs> um, they uh, you know they they were the victims of genocide probably 20 years ago by the military and so as a reaction to that they started forming these own their own little militias to fight back and save their own families and try to protect their communities well it worked to a degree and they actually got some of their own land that's under their own control. Mm -hmm. And there'd just be kind of random firefights with the government, but not really sustained fighting um, for a long time. And so that is one of those things now that the military, since the coup, has just come in and really hammered them. You know, airstrikes, artillery, mm -hmm. landmines, all this stuff, and just blowing up hospitals. So the pandemic is raging there, and they're blowing up the hospitals, so there's no way to to treat people mm -hmm. um, and uh, so people are off living in the jungle getting infected with COVID and they don't have they don't have antibodies to be you know pumped into their bodies they don't have vaccines they don't have um, ventilators mm -hmm. there's no debate about ivermectin versus vaccines or however you say it yeah, like, ivermectin, you got it right. Is that the one? <laughs> that the yeah, one. there's no debate about that kind about of thing. They're just treatment. out there's there just with no, no yeah. There's yeah. just nothing. They're in yeah. the jungle with COVID. Um, and uh, then at the same time, there's flash floods happening. Wow. So their camps are getting wiped up by these floods. And that kind of, it's really, really hellish situation. So our ground team, we're working through local partners. We've, we've been in that area before. Um, 
but right now we're working for local <coughs> partners who are Burmese and Korean Myanmar nationals and they're they're passing through minefields they are crawling through barbed wire they are distributing food and having it interrupted by airstrikes um, or firefights nearby they're literally risking their lives to take care of people's most basic survival needs um, and also share the gospel and and give the hope of Jesus at the same time and like literally risking their lives actually if you get caught doing humanitarian work you can be abducted imprisoned tortured or killed in Myanmar just doing humanitarian work Mm -hmm. I was speaking with the one of the higher-ups in the Red Cross for Myanmar. She was saying they can't even trust their local Red Cross branches in Myanmar because some of them are in league with the military and that kind of thing. So it's just really messed up, unbelievably complicated. Um, but we're we're engaged there. We've. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you have, so the ground crew are they indigenous locals? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, they're indigenous locals. Any. Any foreign right now, if you if you go in there as a foreigner, you're endangering endangering everyone around you. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was true years ago too. That was true then, but we <laughs> they they wanted to bring us in there anyways. Um, we won't go. But you're unless, worth the risk. <laughs> we won't go anywhere unless they feel that it would be helpful. Right. We're not trying to push our way into anything or impose right. an idea from the outside. Yeah, because you got to reach the community at the heart and yeah. know, know who they are. Yeah, so we're, you know, we've been able to, in partnership with them, um, take care of the basic food, medicine, water, shelter needs of uh, a few thousand people over the last few months. Um, that's still ongoing. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I'll be on Zoom calls and there's machine guns going off in the background. And, um, so... We're doing that, and there are there. God's moving as well. Like people are getting healed, people are getting saved, people break down crying when they, you know, somebody shows up with, with food. Because there's so many layers of impossibility with this. It's honestly the most complicated thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, but when somebody shows up offering food, like canned fish and rice. People have just been breaking down crying, and they're like, now I know that God actually sees us. Because wow. they've just been out there. You know, women giving birth in the jungle in a flash flood. You know, this kind of stuff. And it's happening right now in Myanmar. It's getting worse. Um, and it's just falling off the news. Oh boy. There's other stuff going on. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. But, um, yeah. Pray for their hands and feet. Yeah. So the whole ground team had COVID until just recently. They're just they're just recovering. Most of them have. Most or all of them are recovered now. Um, but they're exposed. And what do you what do you do? You're not, there's nothing you can do. So, yeah. Crazy situation. I'm thankful to be able to 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 be in a position to actually do something. Um, I feel that what is happening in the world, I feel, I feel very blessed to be alive right now. Um, I don't want horrible things like this to happen in the world, but 
if they are happening, I'd like to be in a position to, oh. to do, do something, something about it. To help Amen. Out. Yeah. Um, and so this is one of those situations where we've, because of past years' experience, when this started, we were already positioned to be able to step in and do something. So, praise God. Ground crew, like I said, we're doing online too. Oh yeah, we're also we're also doing um, trauma debriefing and inner healing because they're all traumatized, you know, mm -hmm. for the for the team there, but also training them. We got a training coming up really soon um, to to actually train them to help counsel or help people through their own traumatic experiences out in the jungle. Um, so that's. Uh, we're, we're also in the process of making two sort of handbooks, one for like clinical, psychological trauma debriefing and the other for more like spiritual, Holy Spirit-led inner healing. Um, really basic. But tie, all, all geared towards that kind of scenario, you know, people traumatized by war. Um, wow, that, <laughs> that is really basic stuff. It's not like a huge manual, it's like, Here's what you could do, like breathing exercises, how to like decompress or like talk about experiences that are hard, um, and then the inner healing side, and exercises and stuff to like actually get trauma and stress out of your body, which is a huge yeah. thing. Um, and then on the other side of that, the inner healing would be not the in-depth inner healing. If you've ever had the experience with that, it's pretty complicated, but it's more like how to connect and have conversations with Holy Spirit, how how to initiate or how to open up in a conversation with Holy Spirit about what's going on in your heart and the experiences that you're having yeah. so that they learn to um, hear from God because a lot of them have never experienced hearing from God. Um, so it's mm -hmm. layers of healing that were hopefully basic enough that they can have it for themselves on the ground team but also teach people those things in the jungles. Um, as a way of like preventing like you know whatever fallout from this comes. Lacey and I aren't aren't experts in this stuff, but people in our team are, so they're the ones. We're facilitating. Uh, we're facilitating that. <laughs> people facilitating. in our team are the ones actually doing that stuff. Like that, so. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> Good times. I, I'm looking forward to when we can actually go there yeah. again. Yeah. So, hopefully, just to just to share this. Hopefully, being vaccinated is going to help me do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, in, in my life, I don't have the time or the liberty to debate about, is it helpful, is it dangerous, is it, what is it, you know? Um, the Bible says that I could drink deadly poison and it won't harm me. Mm -hmm. And I believe that this is going to help me cross some provincial lines and maybe borders to get into these kinds of situations and places. So I'm on board and take it in faith because I've got stuff to do. I've got people. I've got places to go. Go, go, ahead, go ahead and share, share, share with the group what you were talking to me earlier as to how you heard it. You know, vaccine passport. You know how we all react when oh, there might be a vaccine passport. And we're all like. <laughs> Vaccine passport. We're America. Vaccine. How did you? What did you hear? He yeah, heard? I'm like. So you're telling me there's another passport I can have? <laughs> <laughs> Already then. I just. I'm. I, it, this is my. Uh, you know. <laughs> life Isn't situation <laughs> circumstances have. You know. I have a different mindset than a lot of people. Um, 
And uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with everyone else's mindset. I'm okay with my own mindset. And let's all just, you know, be true to our be true to our convictions. Like I'm not fighting the vaccine battle because I'm fighting the gospel battle in places that want me to have a vaccine. So let's. I, I have to prioritize that. That's right. You know. Um, and so this is this is where I'm at. I'm just sharing that. I've had my, you know, being in the states, my own perspective has broadened as I've sat with people and seen the world through their eyes. And so I wanted to do that with with uh, with you guys as well. Give you a little glimpse of the world through my eyes, mm-hmm. too. Um, so, so, anyways, that's good. Yeah. Amen. I'm not here to talk about vaccines. No, I'm not, no. I'm not anywhere to talk about vaccines. No, no. That's not what I'm anywhere to talk about. <laughs> but we're talking about life you know? and, 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 and no. spread the gospel. I've got really. bigger fish to fry. But this is or deliver. exactly that point is because, as you said, you know, God says you can drink poison and he will protect you because you are doing what he has called you to do. That's you right. are fighting the battle he has called you to, to reach nations, to reach these people that other people can't. And so he does protect you. And to bring that perspective and a fresh perspective instead of like, oh, yeah, vaccine, no, vaccine. And this is constant battle going back and forth. It's like, no, guys, okay, this is about God. This is about his kingdom. This isn't about what we think. This isn't about how we perceive things. But this is what is God calling us to do. So That's right. Yeah, don't don't drink the poison if you haven't called you to do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't think that means necessarily <laughs> voluntarily. <laughs> right. I'll, take, I'll take that one. But it's more like if you get poisoned <laughs> while you're doing the gospel word. Right. Right. That's why we've never danced with rattlesnakes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not a snake handler. That's right. Come on now. Yeah. I'll make sure the kids understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You might have been Three months ago. Six. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of cobras around our house these days. Um, anyways. Yeah. People talk about the mark of the beast. That kind of thing. Nobody's talking about the mark of the lamb. Mm, come on. There you go. There's my priority. Yeah. I want to make sure I got that mark. Amen. I don't think the mark of the lamb is a tattoo or a microchip or a vaccine. Or a, or a number. It's whole. It has to do with your faith yeah. and the Holy Spirit that He seals you with. Amen. You know, and so that's the one I'm thinking about. That's the one I'm concerned about. Hallelujah. And um, it's the original to which the other one's just a counterfeit. Amen. There you go. So, anyways, that's good. Um, say that again. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, say it again. We all need to focus on the on the yes. mark of the Lamb. Honestly, there's a lot of people talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the faith in Jesus that sealed, and the Holy Spirit that He seals you with. In the in the book of Ezekiel, um, a the Lord commissions an angel out to to mark His people before He commissions the warrior angels to go and slaughter the people. Yeah. So this this whole marking and and the start of marking shows up first with Cain, and it wasn't to mark him as sin. God marked him to protect his life uh-huh. from, from extrajudicial killing mm-hmm. that was not allowed. God said he's mine, so he marked him to save his life. Yeah. So this, this, the devil only counterfeits yeah. so that you say that. No one's talking about the mark of the Lamb. Praise God. That's Let's right. talk about that. And I don't think, like, you're not going to get in the wrong line by accident Pray, and yeah, accidentally it. get the mark yeah. of the Oops. Lamb. Okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's accidentally getting the mark of the lamb. Amen. Yeah. Alright? Why why do we assume the mark of the beast is oh dang it, I 
stood in the wrong line, and now my soul is doomed forever. Yeah, for eternity. You know, there's a pastor in, in, in Thailand. I'm in this chat group with all the, all, the, uh, all the pastors in that province there, and one of them is, is preaching that if you get the vaccine, your name will be removed from the Lamb's Book of Life, and you won't go to heaven. Um, he's preaching that, and I'm like... But the mark of the lamb doesn't work that way. <laughs> that's the one that gets you in. That's the one that gets you in. Anyways, that's a whole. That's a whole rabbit trail. Oh my goodness. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> you don't respond to that. Your eyes are edging me off. I, I know. <laughs> I, I just love you. What can I say? Oh. Lord have mercy. Every time I look at him, it's What's two or three hours? What's two or three hours? It's nothing, right? Alright, I should probably share some testimonies. Yeah, there you go. Um, oh yeah, so we saw you guys in December of 2019 last. Oh, yeah, wow. That's right. Yeah. It's been that long. So right after that, we went back, and we just, we were in the flurry. The normal, like our normal. Okay, and that was that was amazing. God was moving all through South Thailand in very extremely unreached areas, and, um, you know, the conflict zones in the deep south there. Uh, there's an insurgency, and, you know, God's moving. There's this, um, my favorite one was we did a... Uh, the first ever open-air evangelistic campaign in this one uh, province. This one lady had lived there for 28 years. She'd never seen a foreign missionary there. Um, they'd never had an open-air, any kind of evangelistic thing like that. So we, we got to do the first one, um, and uh, I preached, preached the gospel in Thai. We went after healing. And that kind of thing, and I remember my, that lots of people got healed, but but there was a, a moment of catalyst where there was this Muslim woman there, who was deaf, and everyone in the community knew her as the deaf lady, the lady who can't hear. Um, and uh, the Lord opened up her ears on the spot, in front of everyone. So all these people, you know, wearing wearing hijabs and and that kind of thing, see see her hearing, and everyone starts freaking out because that's the lady they know as the deaf lady in the neighborhood. He's hearing, and her 10-year-old son just broke down weeping. He'd never seen his mom hear before. Um, and so they both got saved, and right after that, I said, so who else wants healing? <laughs> <laughs> and um, lots of people got healed of all, all different kinds of things and shared just the simple gospel and who wants to... Who wants to follow Jesus? Who wants to trust Jesus for salvation? To have their sin removed and forgiven, and and um, all these all these Muslim people, you know, wearing head coverings and everything, just raising their hands, saying, "I want to, I want to know Jesus." Amen. God. Beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. And so, uh, so there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff from that time period. But then shortly after that, our new teammates moved there, or right at that time, and then. COVID hit, whole country ground to a halt. We were in our house for a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but I want to share some 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 testimonies. Actually, some of my favorite testimonies have been during the the pandemic and various stages of lockdown and stuff like that. I just wanted to share them with you guys. I love to to feast and remember 
uh, what God has done. Amen. Amen. It's so important. David said, your testimonies are my counselors. Amen. Mm -hmm. And the, the testimony of God teaches us so much. It shapes the way that we think shapes our hearts and um, gives us perspective for the moment that we're living in in life right now. So I wanted to share these. Um, these are all during various stages of lockdown and COVID and all that kind of thing. There's a lady with stage four cancer um, who her friend who's a believer had a dream where she uh, brought where she, she would be healed of cancer and she brought her to church. I happened to be preaching that Sunday. And um, I had, the Lord told me there's somebody, earlier that morning, he said, there's going to be somebody here who has cancer. And so I said, I said that from the front, and she did, and she came forward, and she had no hair, she was going through chemo, very frail, mm. and um, some of the local church members prayed for her, and she went home, we found out um, that week she went to the doctor and got her body checked, they could find no cancer. Well, she was completely Praise the healed. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So she and her husband got saved. Um, mm. Yay! <laughs> yeah. There was a guy we met at a hospital who was paralyzed for most of his, wife, most of his life. After an accident, he injured his spine. Um, he couldn't stand or walk well, couldn't raise his arms, or couldn't pick up his feet, anything like that for 49 years mm. and uh, we prayed for him there in the hospital and he was able to do all those things Amen. for the first time in 49 years. Jesus. Um, amazing. There have been some situations where uh, where we live there's a ton of uh, dark supernatural stuff. I shared about that before here. Um, I don't need to go in, in, into all that but there's just a ton of dark supernatural stuff, witchcraft. Um, more public than anywhere I've ever seen before. Hmm. And I'm not talking like, well, Hollywood's demonic. I'm, not, I'm talking like there's a possessed guy doing miracles, mm -hmm. you know, in public. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. Like. And uh, not that Hollywood's not... Whatever. I'm not trying to take any of the evil. I'm saying, I'm saying like when I say that. demonic, I'm like eyes rolled back in the head, foaming at the mouth, doing miracles, okay? <laughs> bleeding everywhere, and it's just um, anyway. So they have witch doctors. Every community has witch doctors that they go to for healing or to deal with spirits. They are very spiritual people. They're always you know encountering ghosts and demons and that kind of thing. So, um, there have been a, a couple times in the, this past year that, that I've gotten to fill that role in people's lives. The role of the witch doctor. And uh, that's fun. Without bleeding all over them, which is good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, one of those cases, there's no this problem. house that was, that was uh, you know, they, they kept on encountering these spirits, visibly seeing them, hearing them in their house. And visitors or delivery people would show up on the front door and be greeted by this specter and everybody's freaking out. And, and so the mom was like, we got to get a witch doctor in here and deal with this or at least find out what these spirits want so we can make them happy. So she told her son that she was, she was overseas, but she called him and told him, we need to get someone and get a witch doctor in there. So he caught, he, it ended up being me and my <laughs> So we went in there, and and it was a fun it was a fun time, um, you know. The Lord, I would I would sense something in this one spot, and I'd be like, 
you know, what's what's the st- what's the deal over here? And he's like, oh, that's where we always see the spirit. And I'm like, okay, so just pray over the pray over the house. And the older brother, he's not a not a believer or anything, but um, you know, I don't believe in just going out and hunting down demons. Mm-hmm. I believe in uh, loving people. God. You know, we see the deliverance of a regional principality in the man of the, Ga- the man of the Gadarenes. Right. He's possessed by a legion of demons. Jesus casts the demons out of him. The man is delivered. The man meets Jesus, and that opens the door for regional breakthrough. This is how. This is a big part of how I see spiritual warfare. It's about people. Yeah. You love people. You share the gospel. Um, you bring the kingdom of God to people. And that deals with these things in the spirit. Anyways, the so the brother, I was like, we just prayed for him, and he feels the Holy Spirit touching. He's like, wow, this is there's a lot of power. Like this is crazy. And then he got born again. And that week, they started holding a, a, a cell group Bible study in there in that house. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. And uh, this is these kinds of things are are what it's like to do ministry in Thailand. You get called in for this kind of stuff. You know, another one was, um, another one, I'm, I'm suddenly second-guessing Sharon, but it's okay. <laughs> well, I think that's just good that you think about what you said. Okay. <laughs> She's your wife. I would have said something else. <laughs> Listen to your wife. <laughs> I think some details is all. Okay, so... <laughs> The details. Are, okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's this thing in the northern Thailand. In northern Thailand, they call it pifa, which means it translates to sky ghost. And uh, this is something that people in this one region have have worshipped for years. And it used to be that whenever they were sick, they would go to this thing and do sacrifices to it, and then it would heal them. But then maybe 50, 40, 50 years ago, more and more hospitals started opening up, so people started going to the hospital more. Mm-hmm. And so people were going to this thing less, and that made this spirit angry, and so it started hurting people instead of healing people. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the background. That's, that's what they tell me, okay? This is, this is what they tell me. I'm just passing that on to you. I have not seen it or experienced it myself. This is what I'm hearing, so... Um, I meet this woman who her mother, their family have been serving the spirit for generations. Her mother was possessed by it. When her mom passed away, this spirit came to her and possessed her. And at first it seemed like a good thing because it would help her and do these things. But then she, over time, she was like, this is evil. I want to get rid of this. And so she tried all these different things to get rid of it. And um, You can share some more details on that. Okay, yeah, so she... Because there's a really little one in here, now she's not in here. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, So, like, people who had mistreated her, this spirit would would tell her, I'm going to attack this person, and then they would get in a a horrible accident or come down with some kind of crazy disease. Um, She went to a witch doctor to try to get this thing exercised out of her. The witch doctor uh, washed her own feet and then had her drink the water from the foot washing. The logic is feet are dirty and unholy. This 
sky ghost is holy, she's thinking, so the unholy thing is going to push out the holy thing, which kind of the backwards down thinking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in reality. But So she tried to do this, and this made the spirit very angry. So it told this woman, I'm going to kill the witch doctor in three months. Three months later, the witch doctor started vomiting blood and died. Um, and uh, I met her shortly after that happened. And I was preaching at a church. It was just after she'd gotten saved. She decided to follow Jesus earlier that week. Um, and she saw me from across the room, and this spirit started freaking out, terrified, like, to her. She talks to her. Um, and uh, somebody brought her over to me to have it cast out. And so I just said, in the name of Jesus, get out. And she just hit the floor, literally that fast hit the floor, screamed, the demon came out, she was delivered, we all went to lunch. Um, and, uh, so I don't, I don't do the, the long, drawn out, lots of yelling. Oh, brother. You know? yeah. yeah, it wasn't 16 hours of counseling. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. I see all that as optional. Gang tongues um, and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's okay. Anyway, so, so cast out, everybody went to lunch. Yay, that was great. You know, she, we did pray with her a little bit, just, but it wasn't more than five minutes. Because um, Jesus is powerful. That's right. <laughs> but later that week, we found out that it came back. This is a thing that happens, okay? okay. Mm-hmm. We found out that it came back, and so the next month, this is the place we go preach each month. The next month, we went back, and they told us, hey, this spirit came back. And so she came up again. She was obviously demonized again. So, cast it out again. But then we sat down, and I was like, I feel like God wants to deal with some... You know, whatever the access point is, mm-hmm. wasn't ever dealt with last time, so we need to deal with that now. So we just sat down and talked for a while and, and prayed together. And, and we said, Jesus, ask, we told her, ask Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you. And so she did, and then she just broke down crying for a long time. And finally she said, he told me I'm born again. Oh, wow. Yes. And that is powerful in general but it's relevant to this situation because she received that spirit from her birth mother when she died she it was a generational thing through her bloodline because of covenants and agreements that her family had made so she received the spirit through her bloodline the gospel is for each one of us that our bloodline has ended Amen. on the cross, that we were crucified Amen. with Christ, our Amen. old self is dead yes. and Hallelujah. gone. And if anyone is in Christ, he's a new, new creature. Amen. We have yeah. a new bloodline. bloodline. We have a new lineage Amen. starting Amen. from our Heavenly Father instead of starting from Adam. Amen. Um, and so that is, the, that is the truth to the lie that says you get whatever your mom had it's no you get what your father had so instead of inheriting this demon from her biological mother she inherits the holy spirit from her heavenly father and so after that she was a different person hasn't come back um i got to had the privilege of baptizing her a couple months after that she's just herself (laughs) maybe the first time ever i don't know praise Um, god Yeah. Interesting side note. She lived in this in this house uh, that was. I we visited her house and there's a plaque over the door that says "Built by Operation Blessing, mm. 2004." <laughs> wow. It was after the tsunami. Wow. That whole area got wiped out, mm-hmm. and so Operation Blessing went in there and built a bunch of houses. And she's living in one of them. Wow. 
cool. Yeah, pretty cool. But pretty that's cool. common. Cool. The situation of the spirits being passed down mm-hmm. for generations. Yep. Yeah. There, we met many, many people. Some who were like, "No, nah, I'm good. The spirit is great. I'm keeping it because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they, you know, the purpose yeah. of certain ones." But that's a very common thing that happens. Not mm-hmm. with just, but hap- not just with like people who work in a temple or something. But these are like very common people. It's, it's common. Just as a as a as a just as a point of teaching, okay. So that's common, you know. It's it, and it's common, and it's a it's authorized by God through His mercy, of visiting the iniquities of the fathers unto the fourth generation, so that the fourth generation can be born. Because if He visits it in the first generation, everyone's dead, right? So it's because of God's mercy that generational curses pass down. When you're doing deliverance, pay attention to what the Holy Spirit's saying. He also wants you to use your brain. You don't check your brain out when you do ministry. Points of entrance into lives are through generational cursings. So just from, I've testified this before, but even just from my own life, spirit of anger through, um, uh, through Viking lineage and, and berserker spirit, um, the the issues with Mormonism and Freemasonry from my ancestors, uh, Mormonism through my through my uh, paternal great grandfather, um, and and then the Freemasonry from my maternal grandfather. These are points of entrance where your ancestors have made covenants with the devil that give them access to your life. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as it, God can wash, God washes this out when you're a new creation. But then if, if you don't know where the legal ground has been compromised, you're subject to iniquity, drives that put you into places you'd rather not go that keep doors open, okay? So then you close those out through the Word of God, through cleansing, these kind of things. So anyhow... It's not just Thailand, folks. Amen. If you've got pictures in your closet of your grandfather in a white apron, you got issues you want to get cleaned out of your house. Amen. That's all. Amen. I'm done preaching again. The gospel deals with all of that. Amen. That's, that's, the, that's the good news. It's the one-size-fits-all solution to everything um, like this. You know, it's just that lineage ended. You have a new lineage in Jesus. Amen. If there's any belief or mindsets or behavioral patterns that legitimize the presence of the enemy in your life, then that's what needs. That's where you need to align that area of your life to the Word of God. So she, she had just gotten saved um, and that kind of thing, but she had not recognized, I have a new birth. She's still thinking, I got this from my mom, how am I going to get rid of this? You know? It's this thought pattern that's saying, this is legitimate, the truth is, it's not legitimate. Amen. It's not. First John five eighteen says that anyone who's born of God, it says the evil one cannot touch, touch you. Yeah. Amen. That's the word. Um, but if there's those mindsets that say this has a legitimate presence in your life, you need to address those, confront those mindsets, and make them line up with the Word of God. Line up with the simple gospel. Okay. Simple gospel. And that is. Born again. Amen. And that's what the Holy Spirit said to her. We weren't thinking, okay, what's the right thing to say here? You know, what? How can we, how can we phrase these words exactly right so she stays delivered? Ask the Holy Spirit what He wants to say. Can you repeat that again? We weren't, we weren't thinking, you know, 
how can we phrase the exact right words to get the right kind of result here? Actually, that's witchcraft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. Did you know that? If you're, if you're picking and choosing your words and arranging them a cer- in a certain way to get a specific spiritual result, okay? Come on. But if you don't say those words in that order, it won't happen. It's I think a about spell. that. Yeah. I think Come about on. that when people pray. Yeah. They they want to get the right words so everybody thinks, wow, he can really pray. Or if I say, you know, X, Y, Z and cover all these bases, then they'll be delivered. Then this spirit will listen to yeah. us. Something like that. Yeah, that's all the witch doctors are doing. That reminds me of your testimony in the storm. What was it, off in Nicaragua or whatever? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jesus told you what you thought. You'd say the magic words and everything would be all right. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, the Lord. It's simple faith. It's the presence of God. It's, it's, you know, He is alive. He's present. Amen. Um, You know, that example in Nicaragua, I was in this... I was in this little wooden boat out in the ocean. A huge storm came. Waves are coming over the side. There's lightning, heavy winds, very dangerous. So I remember the story of Jesus calming the storm. So I said, I'm going to do that. And I remembered him saying, peace be still. Um, At least that's what my English Bible says. I I said, peace be still. Nothing happened. And I actually thought, it was a crisis situation. You think odd odd thoughts in crisis sometimes. I actually thought... Maybe the, the storm is too loud. It didn't hear me. It didn't hear me. So I, I'm going to say it louder, more forcefully. Did you know that, little side note, did you know that people with real authority don't need to raise their voice? You got it. They can do a little head nod, snap their fingers, something like that, and everybody runs around doing what they said, you know? They have actual authority. They don't need it act big. That's what you do when you're, you know, what, confronted by a wild animal or something like that. Try to act really big and raise your voice? No. Anyways, that's what demons do to us. Yeah, yeah, come on. Um, so, okay, so, so, so anyways, so, so I said it louder, nothing happened. I think it might have actually gotten worse. Um, and uh, then all of a sudden I heard this still small voice. Isn't that interesting? The, the one who has the most power and authority mm-hmm. usually uses a still small voice. Mm-hmm. We should learn from that. That's Amen. right. Mm-hmm. Meekness. God has it. We should too. That's right. Um, That's a tweet. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so he said the, the voice that I heard, the still small voice that carried so much peace said, you think if you use the same magic words that I use, you'll get the same results. Oh. <laughs> that is what I thought, actually. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. And then all of a sudden I became aware, I sensed, and this is a weird experience, but it was my experience, so um, I, I could sense the presence of the Lord in me and my spiritual union with him, my spirit and his spirit as one which is in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Um, he who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. So I could sense my union of my spirit and his spirit, his presence in me, but not just in me, actually reaching out over the surface of the water. And then I felt this weird love for the earth and creation. And I felt this, um, I felt like I'd known every raindrop 
that was falling, and then I felt like the storm, the 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 ocean was like an angry baby that needed to be calmed. And then I just suddenly found myself just kind of, you know, compulsively going shh like that. And in less than one or two minutes, the ocean was flat, the clouds were gone, sun was shining, no lightning, no wind. We're standing up looking around what's going on. And that is the essence mm. of life with God. So it's all about that simple gospel. How he, our old self has died, and our new self is recreated one with him, in union with him. Everything comes back to that. And he is alive and present. He's not a list of words that we need to memorize. He's, you know, he doesn't function by spells and incantations. He functions by his spirit, his presence compassion and love this is how this is how God moves um anyways so there's a new baby coming new baby's coming in December I was uh, <clears throat> preaching somewhere and the Lord told me that there's somebody in the room who has a relative at home who is numb on the left side of their body and can't, can't move the left side of their body and they live on a street called Soy Paripatnin. Okay, that's what I heard. So it's a big risk to share that with a group of people. I don't even know if that street exists. Um, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm hearing. I'm going to try. So share that. And there's not one, but two people in the room who have relatives who are numb and can't move on the left side of their body and live on a street called Soy Paripat Nun in two different provinces. It's not even the same street. It's the street with the same name in two different provinces. Um, and uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but one of them was the family member of a woman who, several years ago, she visited a church service where, where I was preaching and the Lord said, he's healing cancer. There's someone with a cancerous tumor in their stomach. And so she was a Buddhist. She had a cancerous tumor in her stomach. In that meeting, I didn't know this, but I found out a year and a half later in that meeting, she was healed, and the cancer was gone, the tumor disappeared, and after that point, she was passionately following Praise Jesus. Amen. I didn't know what happened for a year and a half with her. And this happens so often. What happens when we put a word out there, when we pray for somebody, and we don't see the result? Mm -hmm. Do we question it? Mm -hmm. Do we celebrate? Do we still trust that he's the healer? Amen. I remember years ago, Lacey, uh, the Lord challenged Lacey. If you never saw another person healed before your eyes, would you still trust me as the healer? Mm -hmm. Come on. What if everybody was like the ten lepers who, yeah. when they were standing with Jesus, they had leprosy. After they walked away, they were healed. We only know the story because the one guy came back. Mm -hmm. yeah. What if he hadn't? They still would have been healed. Yeah. Amen. You think Jesus was questioning, like, oh, gosh, did I get it right? Did that work? Do I have enough faith? Like, what happens? <laughs> so, dude. You know? Amen. No, it's, it's, 
do you trust? And so this, with this woman, that was, the one, that was a case of a word was given, no idea what happened. A year and a half later, find out, oh, she got healed of cancer a year and a half ago, and now she's been a passionate follower of Jesus ever since, and, and that kind of thing. And then it was her relative who was the one at home on soy putty pot and then paralyzed on the left side of his body. And then another person, but um, I'm looking. You know, I want to hear. Eventually, maybe I will. Maybe, maybe not till I get to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But um, may I just share that to to encourage encourage you guys? Like, pray with faith before and after. Amen. Amen. Whether you see the result immediately or not, just who are you trusting? Are you trusting your own faith? Is your faith in faith or your yeah. faith in the faith? Is your faith in faith? Is your faith in prayer? Prayer is powerful. God is powerful. Amen. God is powerful. Prayer is communication with God. God is powerful. God is present. So often we pray and our, our faith is on our own words. Our faith is on our own faith. Mm-hmm. Our faith is on our own prayer instead of being on God. Um, anyway, there's another another experience where there's this. I met this lady um, who she was a new believer and brand new believer, and she was she and her husband were in this situation that's basically slavery. They were working on this shrimp farm, and uh, he got paid a f- a fair wage, three hundred dollars a month. Um, she got paid half that, and uh, it's illegal, okay? But this is a huge thing in Thailand where there's, like, um, slavery in the fishing industry. If you see, like, frozen fish at the supermarket, says product of Thailand, there's a good chance some slave labor was involved in that process mm-hmm. at some point. Um, and human trafficking is rampant in the fishing industry mm-hmm. in Thailand as well. Uh, so anyway, so she's in this situation where they've been for 12 years and not being fairly paid and, and you know, she didn't know what to do. So she, she, her friend brought her to me to, to pray for her and I just prayed for her and I gave her a word, just I felt, felt to share something from Psalm 23 about the Lord being her shepherd and leading her um, step by step and that kind of thing. And so I just shared, you know, he's your shepherd, he's going to take care of you and, and just, I want to share with you guys that I uh, didn't feel anything. And as I was praying for her, there kind of felt like there was this wall. Like, she just was really, like, stone-faced. And I was, just felt like it was hard to connect. And I wasn't feeling the the anointing <laughs> or anything like that. It was, you know, mm-hmm. um, so it was a quick it was a quick thing. and But I did pray for her, and then she left. I found out again months later, months later, that that day she said that she received a an anointing from God. And then after that day, she began to have dreams and visions from the Holy Spirit every day. Started seeing, seeing healings in her daily life. And the Lord would speak to her through these dreams and visions and showed her step by step how to get out of that life situation and then led her into a totally new job, new house, everything, where they're both getting paid fairly, 
they have a better house, their boss is actually a Christian, Amen. all these things. But it was through these dreams and visions that the Lord spoke to her and showed her all these all these things. This, this Christian guy actually reopened his shutdown shrimp farm just to give them a job wow. because he liked her husband, you know. Um, but it was, it was, it was amazing. You know, and in those situations, it's tempting for me, you know, to be like, gosh, who can we connect her with that can mm -hmm. sort this out, you know, that can, yeah. you know, maybe know some people in government, or we got to report this guy, you know, yeah. there's all these different things, and maybe all that's true, maybe all that would be helpful, but, but sometimes we just need to trust God. Amen. You know, and he's really good at it. Um, so that was another case where I not feeling anything. I don't know what's happening. And it wasn't a healing, but it was a life transformation. Yeah. Um, don't find out till later. So guys, when you, when you pray for somebody, you know, when you pray for somebody, be encouraged. Yeah. Be encouraged that you're praying for them. That's right. <laughs> That's good. This means there's somebody good. praying for them. Good yeah. stuff's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> Woo. Happening. You know, when we named our boy Anchor, that's a whole a whole big thing, but he that was a name the Lord the Lord used out of Hebrews six nineteen that the we have this hope as an anchor for our souls. And the hope is his promises, his promise to give Abraham a son. And that was ultimately fulfilled in Christ, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and so God's promises are sure, they're an anchor for our souls mm -hmm. that we will not float away from. Mm -hmm. You know, his promises. Which is ultimately, all of his promises are ultimately fulfilled in Christ. All God's promises are yes and amen. 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 In Christ. It's, the, it's, it's the gospel. Again, it brings you back to the gospel. It's all fulfilled in him. But, but that was the word that, that God used. He started referring to our future child as anchor. When we'd had a miscarriage, when we were tried for three years and couldn't conceive. We didn't know what was going on with, with our bodies. Like, what's the problem here? You know? And uh, God's saying... Anchor, I promise you a child. And then we find out we're pregnant. The next week we meet a girl we've never seen in our lives in Malaysia. <laughs> and she gives us a stack of paintings. Well, she gave us. She, well, she gave, I'm abbreviating the story, but she gave, us a, she gave us two bracelets. <laughs> she, she said, God told me to give you something. She gave us two bracelets with anchor pendants on them. This is the week after we found out we were pregnant. We're like, wow, this is so meaningful. She's like, I have some other stuff for you too. She came back with a stack of art that she'd been doing for a year and a half of babies and anchors. And with his, this is a random girl in Malaysia that we've never met, okay? With his due date, day, month, year, written on it, written on one of them, it's the... I mean, that one, it's a picture of an anchor with a baby superimposed over it. And then the back, it says uh, March 1st, 2016, which was his due date. She wrote that in January 2014. Wow. She's just writing random stuff. She has no idea what she's doing. She's just whatever. Another one said, like, um, will happen. Will happen. Uh, 2015 will be present 2016. Again, she wrote it 2014. Wow. Oh my goodness. And she's just like, in her, to her, this is all gibberish. She's like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> she just prays. She's just painting in tongues. Whatever random <laughs> numbers and words and images. She'd get drunk in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, she'd get drunk in the Holy Spirit, and then whatever random words and numbers and images float through her head, she puts it on paper, and then she kept them all in a stack, and she's like, I don't know what any of this is. And she thought, 
she's crazy. She was like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, why am I even keeping all this? It's because she's got tons of that. So it could be for anybody in this room, even. <laughs> and then know. she gives she a test, like, and it's like, wow, this is amazing and meaningful, you know, and really encouraging. Them prayers that I had prayed and answers that God had given me were written on some of them. Really yeah, so that. specific. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the bracelets that she gave me. My roommate, the like the day after we miscarried our first pregnancy, my roommate gave me an exact bracelet like that, and it's called a wish bracelet, which whatever. But uh, <laughs> basically, you wear it until the thread breaks, and then your wish comes true. But it's like a kind of like, <laughs> and it had an anchor on it, and it was a red thread with an anchor on it. And I kept it being like, oh, that's a really special gift, never wore it. And then the week after we found out we were pregnant, somebody gave me a red thread, the exact, the exact replica with wow. an anchor on it. Like, literally, it looks the exact same. And I was like, this is not against it. <laughs> <laughs> and I share that to say, okay, put yourself in her shoes. Yeah. Uh -huh. She doesn't know what she's doing. Right. And on our end, we're going through this whole thing for... You know, at, from where she comes in a year and a half, where we're like, God, what's going on? Is something wrong with our bodies? And he, and he keeps saying, like, nothing's wrong. I have a birthday for him. And he kept calling him Anchor. Okay, that's how we named him. We thought about some other names and then God rebuked us. <laughs> Why are you going to call him something I'm not calling him? You thought about it. Okay, sorry. Doesn't matter if it's a name or not. God calls him that, that's what he is. Um, anyways, uh, you know, for us, we had there's a random person in another country in Malaysia praying for our baby by name for a year and a half. On her end, she doesn't know what she's doing, but like that rocked our world, and that was really doing stuff in the spirit, I'm, I'm convinced as well. And so, again, I share that to say when you pray, it's not about what do you see, uh, what feedback are you getting. Amen. It's nice when we get feedback. Amen. I love getting feedback. Yeah. I love seeing the thing I'm praying for manifested right in front of my eyes. But when that doesn't happen, God's not different. That's right. You know, maybe you feel like you're crazy, but you don't know. You could be praying for someone across the world who maybe they don't have anyone else praying for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know. Anyways, yeah. so just uh, I just think it's good to remember God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Remember God. Put your faith in God. Mm. Praise God. Praise God. I went through a season of like learning just to obey. <laughs> well, it's terrifying. Um, but with stuff like that, where it's like God asked me, like if I, if you never saw a uh, like miracle take place in front of your eyes again. It was it was good. Awesome. It's good the second time too. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's right. The one flash there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't planning on sharing that, but but you know, maybe that's what God wants to say tonight. Amen. 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 Trust Him. There's a simple message yeah. for you. Trust God. Trust God. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I think I think there are times that if He provides, He knows that if He provides immediate satisfaction, we miss His hand. Mm. And um, and then oftentimes we're just not ready for the thing that we need. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so when he when he delays and then in retrospect shows his faithfulness, it our faith just blooms that much greater because we know it's God. Yeah. You know. Um, anyhow. Yeah. It's just. Right. Uh, it's awesome. So, there you go. I guess I'm done. Praise God. Thank you. Good Lord. Hand clap. Any questions? I don't have any questions. I had a question. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, with the the spirits that are passed down through families and stuff, Mm. and um, that occurs here in America sometimes, you were saying, I was wondering, are there spirits that are, like, more aggressive than other ones? And, like, if so, like, is that happening here in America as well? Or, like, because, like, I feel like in other places, like, stuff like that's seen a lot more than here in America. Or, I mean, well, no, 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 I'm I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing because of an experience I had three weeks ago. Um, (coughs) Good question. The devil's the devil in every country. Amen. God's God in every country. Um... Yeah, last three weeks ago, I was supposed to do. I was supposed to cast demons out of this girl in Seattle, who's a witch, and other people who had tried to do this have all died. And uh, I don't have faith for that. I have faith for deliverance. Amen. Um, Amen. So you know, we're supposed to meet with her and 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 get rid of these demons, and she was gone by the time that day she didn't know what was going to happen she didn't know there was an appointment and all that stuff but she was gone before her family woke up so she ran away um and that kind of thing that was in seattle so this is they're like demons are demons you know they do different things and and that kind of thing um they're scary if you don't have jesus Mm -hmm. if you do have jesus it can only be encouraging and yeah. That's how I. That's how I feel. You know, I want to. There's a. There's a. There was a, a case where I was in a Tibetan hospital, and there was a boy there who was deformed, because of a curse that a witch had put on him. So his body was physically deformed, and uh, so we went to pray for him. When we there was a girl with us. Usually I do this this thing before we go on outreach where I just share the gospel with the team. Christians need to hear the gospel. Amen. I need to hear the gospel Amen. every day. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, just share the simple gospel with the team and get everybody's faith elevated to that level, mm-hmm. the level of the gospel, okay? So everybody's feeling confident in what Jesus has done, who they are in him, and that kind of thing, and then we go out. I didn't do that this day. There was a girl. <coughs> we went in there to pray for this, for this little boy. And this demon jumped off the girl, knocked, or ju- jumped off the boy, knocked this girl and my team to the ground, and she crawled out of the room, white as a sheet, and was, I think she was throwing everything. Anyways, we spent the day like ministering to her and stuff like that, and it derailed that whole outreach. Um, on the other hand, I've had other experiences where, um, again, a Tibetan situation, where I'm woken up in the middle of the night by a Tibetan witch standing beside my bed. I look at her, this doesn't concern me. I get, I get, I get happy and encouraged when things like this happen to me. There's been a few things like this. Um, 
And I look at her and I think, you're a demon, actually. And she's, <laughs> she's standing there just like glaring at me. Earlier that day, I understand why she's upset, okay? Earlier that day, we'd had just this outrageous explosion of miracles at the monastery next door to the place where we're staying. Buddhist nuns, deaf ears are opening, and all these people got saved and, and that kind of thing. And so then we go to bed, and I wake up, and there's a Tibetan witch standing beside my bed, frowning at me. And first thought, I don't want to wake up my roommate because I don't know how he's going to feel about this. Okay? Honestly, my first thought. Second thought, I laughed. And it wasn't a, I'm going to laugh because I'm choosing to laugh. It was, a, it was a genuine laugh, genuine laughter at the situation. And then I just looked her in the eye and I said, go. And she just, poof, just disappeared. And I went back to bed. Um, we've had lots of experiences like that. And the, the thing is, when you know what Jesus has done, and it doesn't come about through years of prayer and fasting. It doesn't come about through logging lots of hours reading the Bible. It comes about through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Amen. and our inclusion in him. Amen. In like, we died with him. We were buried with him. We were resurrected with him Amen. and ascended with him. It actually says that in Ephesians... Um, I, golly, I always he seated us in this, heavenly places in Christ. This one. Yes. It says... It says, Paul's praying for the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened, to see that what is the hope of his calling and the riches of his glory in the saints. He wants us to understand the power of God towards us who believe, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the Father's right hand, far above all rule and authority and, and power and every name that is named in this age and the age to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. And so I know that's a, that's a mouthful, but basically what that means is that when God raised Jesus from the dead, he wasn't saving Jesus. Okay, He was saving us. He wasn't raising Jesus for Jesus' sake. It was us. Jesus, the whole man with you and I included in him, we're his body. Amen. He didn't resurrect the head and leave the body down here under the power of the devil. Amen. Okay? The body of Christ is not separated from the head. And it says all things in subjection under his feet. The feet are the lowest part of the body. So whoever you are, however you perceive yourself in the body of Christ, everything is under your feet. Okay? Even if you are part of the foot. You, the lowest, dirtiest, yes. in that culture, most dishonorable part of the body. Okay? Everything is under you in, sub, in subjection. And so, what that means is, there's no devil big enough, strong enough, that can stand against you. And this is why the Bible says in, in 1 John 5.18, that the evil one cannot touch you. It actually says that explicitly. And so I'm like, I can't afford to believe otherwise. Amen. Because you know what? If I believe otherwise, he's going to touch me. Right. Amen. <laughs> the shield of faith is a shield of faith. faith. If you believe you have a shield, you have a shield. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so you better believe you have a shield <laughs> so that you can have a shield. You know what I'm saying? Fear is faith. If you're, if you're afraid of demons, it's because you believe 
more in their power to attack you than in God's power to have victory through you over them. Amen. Anyways, these mindsets are super important. Like, all over America right now, I've seen and I'm experiencing, there's this huge yep. theme of deliverance. Amen. Casting out demons. This Amen. is people all over the place who have never had these experiences are suddenly seeing all these crazy demon things and like which that usually people find in in Africa or Asia or, or you know all these different but <clears throat> there's more and more of it happening in America and it's very important that we know what he's done yeah. it's very important that we know he's with us because then you do laugh mm -hmm. amen you know anyways that's that so just in the States and in Western culture primarily, Lucas, because of the age of reason and all that, the church has been complicit in denying the demonic. Mm -hmm. right. So the devil, because the church has taught the church that one, demons can't affect Christians, um, and, and the two, you know, what you see, what you read in the Bible about demoniacs is really just a psychological problem or epilepsy or it's it's yeah. physiological or psychological not spiritual <clears throat> the devil has had much more free reign so it's not that it's more prevalent in Thailand it's just more open it's much more prevalent in the States and so when he's exposed by the truth then the demons must flee so um, I don't know if that answers your question anymore, but... Well, I've been asking because I'm not, like, familiar with all this stuff. Right. But I do believe everything is, like, true and all that happens. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's because I'm, like, distracted by, like, my day-to-day -day and, like, other stuff. But it's, like, for me, it feels like you guys have, like, unlocked this, like, superpower and you can, like, go... Like, I, it's, like... No, no. Right place at the right time. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. Good work. It's, um... No, they're around. I, I, I mean, yeah, I have lots of stories from Kentsville. Oh, about wow. yeah, I know they're around. They're around. But the lesson, the lesson is, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. The lesson exactly. is that you, as part of Jesus Christ, have authority over all the power of the enemy. You have authority to tread upon scorpions and serpents. And and the joy, this this is this is what you have to understand that this joy and deliverance is real. This joy in the face of defeated enemy is real. This is why when the 70 came back to Jesus, he had to caution them yeah, to exactly. rejoice, not that the demons were subject, because I'm telling you. Kicking demons around is fun. It is fun. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's a gas. Yes. You're made for it. That's right. But where your focus of joy is to be is that your name is written in heaven. Yes. <clears throat> so this joy is real. I mean, when, when they step into your room, the reaction is like, really? Are you really that stupid? Yeah. Are you that crazy? Well, and it's encouraging because I'm like, they're upset about something. Else. Yeah, I'm glad they're upset. <coughs> you know? Anyhow, you done something right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, I don't want to cut this short, but we're here all night. So, um, how about we say the grace and break yeah. bread together, and we okay. just keep talking.
Sounds good. Does that sound good, brother? Amen. You want to close out with prayer, then we'll say the grace? Sure. All right. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you for for what you've done, God, for for dying on the cross and and coming back to life and raising up and seated, sitting at their Father's right hand and bringing us with you through every step of that process, God. And we, you've put us in a place that we couldn't climb into on our own. Amen. And um, we're so thankful and humbled by your presence and your kindness to us, God. And uh, we love you. And Father God, just bless this food, bless our conversation, and uh, bless each person here tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.